All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcahy Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Hello listeners and welcome to the next edition of the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. <coughs> Pardon me, I'm your host Gavin Nash and I'm here today in early June 2021, we'll date stamp the episode, talking to financial planner Danny Archer. Welcome Danny. Thank you Gavin, good to be here. That's good, mate. Um, thanks for joining us. We've um, re- re- got you involved because you've recently, re- recently read, um, written an article for our website, which is called End of Financial Year Opportunity Superannuation, which is on the news page of molkay.com.au. So we're going to get into that in a moment, Danny, but I thought for the listeners out there, we'll try something a bit different and try and get to know who Danny is. Beautiful. So if you follow our socials, you would have seen Danny come up a little while back. So we've featured Danny on the socials, a bit about what he's into, outside of work, that sort of thing. Um, and, but we thought we'd ask him a few quick-fire questions to find out sort of a little bit about him. So, Danny, a couple of quick-fire questions. Who do you barrack for in the AFL? Mad Collingwood supporter. Collingwood. Absolutely. One-eyed, bleed, uh, black and white, happy to admit it. That's going to put off customers, mate. A lot that's of people. Put clients Either off. You love so. them or you hate them, and unfortunately I love them. Yep. Not at the moment, but anyway. Uh, they had a good win on the weekend. They had a good, win, have a good win, win on the weekend. Are you a dog person or a cat person, Danny? I'm a dog person. We have two dogs. We recently got a cat. Funnily enough, oh right, so because you're both. we have well, we have a we have a, a mouse problem at home, so right. the cat is fulfilling a um, fulfilling a purpose. But dogs priority over cats. Love dogs. Cats are great for keeping the mice away. <laughs> I know that from uh, experience. I'm a bit both as well. I've got dogs and cats. Um, favorite restaurant and eatery. Favorite restaurant in Geelong is a little Vietnamese place called Folklore, which I know Gav, you're actually a bit of a fan of yes, as well. I'm a fan so too, um, mate. they've got a little place in town now, which is new, and also one on the on the Esplanade in Torquay, and you, you can't beat it. Nice that Vietnamese those faux bowls. They're just so good, aren't they? Flavoursome. Um, now your favorite pastime, mate? What are you into outside of work? I do a few things. I like a big big fan of sports, so American sports, obviously cricket, footy, tennis play footy so i'm not the best footballer but i'm obsessed with sport i'm a bit of a sport nuffy i do like obviously working with wood as well um and i don't mind a bit of fishing and camping as well on the side nice one so the woodworking is that sort of furniture building is it yeah that sort of correct thing. yeah, yeah nice just one. started by pulling out you know pulling apart a few old pallets i found oh, really? oh, we moved house and we we had a few old pallets which the missus was using to um, for her horse stuff, and then she's like, "I don't really want these anymore." And I had seen on socials, Instagram, and whatnot, you know, people making old rustic furniture out of out of pallets. So I put together an outdoor table. Um, I put together a couple of hallway tables, some stools, and a few little things out of old pallets. Um, something, you know, I push pens around and paper around all day through the week. So I like to do something a bit more manly on the weekend, which um, that's my outlet. I'll tell you what. Um you know, I'm the absolute opposite of that, Danny. I can't even change a light globe and do it properly. So, yeah, I, I admire anyone that can use tools and, you know. Uh, YouTube's a wonderful thing. If you um, <laughs> if you need to learn how <laughs> to use that. a power tool, <laughs> as a, you can learn anything on the internet. Probably not the safest way. Yeah. There's a few little, um, a few sort of safety hazards, which I thought, oh, gee, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, um, give that a But you do, you, do, you do learn from that sort of stuff. But it's good. I like the fact that you, you actually build a a physical end product and you can see what you've done now it's mind usual. you yeah. I'm not the best it's not 90 degrees it's not completely square Chippy would probably look at my work and burn it but 
it is you do have a sense of, of pride when you do finish something yeah, like satisfaction that, that you've done jump, yeah which oh, i do nice like yeah. and tell us where you like to travel to daddy i know you're a bit of a traveler haven't really been to too many places just southeast asia we had planned a couple of trips in the last 18 to 24 months which like the rest of the world's been knocked on been the head shut down mate yep Koh Samui was our favorite place we went there for we spent about a week oh, a few weeks in thailand but that was our favorite place there Koh Samui, yeah on the coast yeah. correct yeah. we do have um new zealand very high on the on the list which due to our our little bubble that we've got with them i think we might do that by the end of the year which um which will be great. Yeah, nice one. Everyone should be out there having to think about Australia and New Zealand as a, you know holiday destination. Even just, our own country. Yeah, yeah. We're just talking off air, weren't we? That you know, sometimes um, you know, I was saying that I hadn't even been to Darwin or Perth. You know, yeah. in my life, I've been overseas and whatever. But yeah, it's an opportunity to get out and see Australia and New Zealand, isn't it? Correct. Correct. You've got to see the positive in it. Don't you we? do absolutely. And the last one: Are you a coffee man or a tea man? Coffee, three or four a day. Yep. And then a tea at night. Herbal. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. I have a tea at night time. I reckon tea's relaxing. Therapeutic, relaxing. I need the coffee in the, during the day to get oh, s- get going. Numerous. I'm a bit. <laughs> I'm a bit of a. I, I have too much. I know. I'm probably addicted to caffeine, but it's an addiction I'm happy to have. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. And just for our listeners too, Danny's mentioned uh, Geelong there. So Danny, you're working across the Geelong office and the Ballarat office with clients at both ends. Correct. Yeah, yeah I split my time between the two. Yep. Um, which is good because I do like being in a different place a couple of days of the week. Being in the same office five days a week can be a little, the walls are cl- closing on you yeah, a fatigued. little bit. So yep. I do like being, yeah, not in the same place all the time. Nice one. So thanks, Danny. Th- a little uh, quick fire questions to um learn who Danny is and try and learn a little bit about him. Um, as I mentioned earlier, on the news page of mulkay.com.au, we've got an article there, most recent article is called End of Financial Year Opportunities, Superannuation. So, Danny, you being from the financial planning sort of um, area here, we've had a few financial planning people in the past on the podcast, so Thane Turley, our director, and also Antonia Gapes up at our Sunshine Coast office. So, um, different sort of topics that the guys have spoken about, but you wanted to talk about how the end of financial year can benefit people and maybe thinking about some super at this time, mm-hmm. not just tax savings. Correct. So I know this time of year, a lot of people, particularly sort of my vintage mid to, mid to late 20s, are thinking, oh, great, you know, nearly end of the financial year. I'll do my tax in July. Hopefully I get a couple of grand back as a, as a tax return. I do have some expenses, whether it's a tradie with all of their tools, work, um, work travel or the work from homers, you know, the white collar workers, they're probably going to get a bumper return based on, you know, the home office expenses going through the roof. And they always tend to look forward to that, you know, maybe I get one, two, three grand, what am I going to do with it? Um, but there's a lot more, there are a lot more opportunities out there at the end of financial year than just a potential couple of grand tax refund. And one of them is your superannuation. Right. So there are a couple of benefits there in, there are ways to get money in, which also does help at tax time. You do get a tax deduction on some contributions going in. So there's one win. And the second win is obviously, you know, in the future, you're going to be thankful for every extra dollar you put into super along the way in and above what work are putting in because that could be the difference between, as we were saying earlier, going to Perth every year as a holiday or being able to afford to go to London or America or international. In your so retirement. In your retirement because small, small things now, 20, 30 years down the track, result in big differences. And this is a great conversation to have with, as you said, the 20s and 30s. Yep. Um, too often we consider uh, superannuation as something we start thinking about when we're about 45 or 50. Correct. Um, but by then, you know, some of the really good benefits have gone. Um, so, yeah, it's a great idea if you're listening and you're sort of a 20 or 30-something um, client of ours or, or a person, come and have a bit of a chat to the guys here about 
um, how we can sort of, uh, you know, um, take best um, advantage of these extra contributions around tax time. Because as you say, Danny, you can save a bit of tax, but it's going to build and build and build and all that sort of, um, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's all going to build on top of each other over a long, longer, long period of time. Um, in the article, Danny, you, you give us a bit of an example. Um, do you want to run us through the, the case study about Roberta that you've spoken about in the article? Yep, no worries. So lovely Roberta, she's a 60-year-old woman who's recently retired. She's had enough of work. She's got a superannuation balance of $600,000. Um, and for the purposes of the illustration, we assume the six hundred grand did not grow. It was just six hundred grand for the duration of the illustration. Um, the taxable portion of her super fund, so those of you at home, when you do get your, tax, uh, your super statement every six months, there will be a breakdown of what the um, elements of your superannuation are. Are they taxable or tax-free? You might not really pay much attention to it, but when you sort of become you know, retired and get on in life, those portions actually are quite um, important because they do have um, a pretty big – or they can potentially have a big tax uh, effect down the track. Right. So Roberta has a taxable portion of 100%. I use 100% because it's easy – the end of the financial year is approached. So with superannuation, you have a couple of different ways to get money in. One's a concessional contribution and one is a non-concessional contribution. Both have certain caps per financial year. Now, the reason why it's relevant now is Roberta has not used any of her non-concessional contributions ever in her life. The way that it works is you're allowed 100 grand in year one or you can use three years worth and put 300 grand into super in one year, effectively using three years of, of 100 grand. Um, and then in year four, you can do the whole thing again. Right. So now that Roberta has officially retired and she's over 60, she's met the full condition of release and she has full access to her money. Because of her taxable portion being 100%, if she were to pass away tomorrow, her two adult beneficiaries would be, they would be lumped with a tax bill of around 17%. I think in the article, it's around 102 grand. So I think that's criminal. Just because dope. you've, you've yeah. passed away, you, the tax man get another clip of the ticket, even yeah. though she's paid her tax all the way through. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a harsh way to sort of, you know, leave a financial legacy. So yeah. Roberta has an opportunity. Because she hasn't used any of her non-concessional contributions, uh, contributions and she has up to 300 grand worth, she can actually withdraw $300,000 of it, hit the bank account, and then make a $300,000 non-concessional contribution back to a different super fund. The reason why you do a different one is to you want to separate the tax-free and taxable portions. The 300 grand that she's put in is now what we call tax-free. So if she were to pass away again the day after this occurs, the tax man would only be able to um, uh, claim tax on the other half that is taxable. Now, so 17 odd percent on, yeah, the, on, the, on, the, on the remaining 300. Correct, spot yeah. on. And then, so now because she's used, as I said before, she's done what, what's called the bring forward rule. So she's used 300 grand worth of a non concessional contribution cap in year one. She can't do it again until year four, really, because 100 grand a year. That doesn't matter though, because, you know, Roberta's young, she's healthy, she's fit, she's firing. So in year four, we do the same thing. We, we withdraw another 300 grand and we contribute that back to the new super fund that I spoke about before. The reason why we do that again is it effectively washes your, ta your superannuation balance of all potential tax uh, death benefit tax to be paid. Right. So the reason why it's called a cash-out recontribution is you're, pu you're purely cashing it out from one fund and recontributing it to the other. The reason why you want to do that, as I said, is to separate the taxable and tax-free. It just makes it a lot cleaner. Yep. So then after this strategy is complete... 
Roberta can, you know, live her life with the peace of mind knowing that if something were to unfortunately happen to Roberta, her estate wouldn't be lumped with a $100,000 tax bill. All in the same while, though, she's still had the better part of, you know, all of her superannuation money in superannuation the whole way through. So it's just yep. gone from fund A to fund B. But, you know, she's lived her retirement life blissfully and, and happily. This is sort of something that we've done in the background for her. It doesn't actually affect your day-to-day at all. That's why we say that it's um it's pretty much a no-brainer of a, of a strategy. If that's something that's important to you, if you, you know, you mightn't have children or you mightn't have nieces or nephews or you mightn't have those um, to leave money to that you don't really mind um, and it's entirely a personal decision, it's more just for, for little risk really, the reward can potentially, as we see here with Roberta, can be quite high. Um, and there have also been some changes, well, they're, they're yet to be legislated, but they're in the budget. The age of which you can actually contribute to super, you know, without meeting work tests and a few things has increased to your mid-70s. So someone could potentially do this cash out re-contribution four or five times, whereas in the past it could only be three. Oh, okay. So you've effectively yep. doubled the amount you could, you know, potentially wash, I say that term, wash of, of tax. tax yeah. So someone with about 1.2, 1.3, yeah, yeah yep. they could potentially wash all of it rather than half of it, which was still better than none. Yep. But now the opportunity is obviously increased significantly. So as you say, if Roberta's got 600000 in super, um, as you say though, Danny, what happens if you end up 1.2, 1.8 million in super? This could be a lot, a lot of tax that you're saving your family or your estate. Let's call it the estate. The estate, yeah. Because if you pass away, we'll call it the estate yep. that you leave behind to your loved ones. Um, so it's a great strategy, really. So what would you, if someone was to come in and ask one of you guys about this strategy, what, how do you term it? What's it called? It's called a cash out re-contribution. Cash and out the, contribution um, right. The acronym's CORC, so C-O-R-C. Yep. Um, it's a pretty common one. It's pretty, it's a main reason why a lot of people open up a self-managed super fund because yep. it's a very, very easy way of separating the taxable and the tax-free portion. Yep. And you want to really isolate your tax-free. You want to leave that alone as, as long as you possibly can. Yep. And you obviously, you're retired, so you need an income stream while this is happening. Happening. Yep. So you would actually draw down on your taxable amount. Um, the whole idea of it is to use your taxable portion as soon as you possibly can and keep your tax free for as long as you can because we assume we're going to live till 85, 90. And Ho- life. Hopefully yeah. by then all you've got left is Com- your tax free. Comfortably. So yeah. if, the, if, if the inevitable does occur, um, your estate, as you said, Gav, is, is left with little to no tax mm. um, purely because... Y- You've passed away. I think it's. I think the thing too, Danny, is that you know, um, I often, I often have uh, you guys, the experts, in to talk on the podcast about. But um, I'm not a financial person, right? So a lot of this Mm -hmm. stuff, I think our listeners aren't necessarily financial people. So you hear of this sort of thing, and you think, well, how would I ever know that? You know, and I suppose the answer is come and talk to the professionals here, um, because uh, you guys are dealing with this kind of stuff every day, every month. We do, yeah. I'm actually doing one um, later on today. I'm seeing a client. We're doing the exact same thing, and he's a um, he's a career motor mechanic. And he sort of said, and he's done a fair bit of reading, so read things like Barefoot Investor, about four or five other yep. blogs, journals, and he had. Is he get along, getting along to retirement age? Is that is that he's why no, he's, he's actually sixty six? So okay, he, yeah. he kept working because he was one of those blokes that if I retire, what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. Which I, I I agree with, but he had a, his financial literacy was quite high for you know a career motor mechanic who only really paid attention in the last 12, 18 months. Yep. I was quite surprised. Um, however, this the taxable portion and potential you know death benefit tax. It was absolutely foreign to him. And yeah. I said to him, and I'll, I'll use a name of John for an alias. I said, John, 
you're a 35 year plus motor mechanic. I wouldn't know the first thing about pulling a motor apart. Yeah, exactly. So why would I expect to? Yeah. Therefore, just because I've done a little bit of reading or exactly. watched a couple of YouTube videos, I know how yeah. to change oil. I know how to check. I know how to do what I need to do. I can change a tire, but I can't service a car. I can't do all those sort of things because he was getting himself quite down. And I thought, as you said before, you've come to see in in in, in inverted commas, inverted comments, experts. an expert on yeah. this sort of stuff. So don't get yourself too down because again, that's why you've come to see me, and I would come to see you for another reason. So you can't be expected to be, you know. A gun at everything. Yep. I'm a big believer, Danny, in this world that we live in now that it, you can't be an expert at everything. Correct. And you've really got to hire or get some advice from the experts in all the different areas of your life, whether that's a home loan or, as you say, financial, yep. um, retirement, whatever you're talking about. But I even do it, mate, with um, stuff around the house. I said earlier in the program, I'm hopeless on tools. Can't change but the light bulb. Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't take on painting a bedroom because I think I'm going to do an awful job of it. So... I'd nearly better off working at work, earning a bit of money and paying a, a tradie thing because yeah. they're, they're an expert. So that painting job that, that they do is just going to be so much better than what I could do, you know, if, if I had a crack myself. So it, it's the same situation, isn't it, that you guys are dealing with it every day. Um, these people come in from all different industries as our clients and it's up to us to know the best ways in and around this stuff, isn't it? So Correct. And, and the you, thing with super is a lot of people DIY out there with it, contributions. Like I've heard stories, a lot of people trying to do a cash out rate contribution or maximising contributions during their working life. The issue with superannuation, and I touched on in my blog, is for whatever reason, every government, whenever they come in and every May budget, they like to tinker with the rules. And on, it's an on super. Absolute, yeah. the most frustrating part of my job really is trying to the learn May, the, the new budget. superannuation <laughs> rules every May budget. And... The net benefit to the people of the country, which is effectively who it's, who, you know, they're the beneficiaries of super, it's always marginal or minor. It's more the government just and you know enforcing their authority on things. Yep. And it just means that it's it's sort of, you know, as I said before, I've got to relearn the superannuation rules every year and I like to think that I know it quite well. So for the DIYs out there, it's bloody hard to, to keep to keep on yeah. to keep on top of all this sort of stuff because it's yep. the changes first are confusing they're also unnecessary and then they are so prevalent it's hard, you get used to it one year and then you know next time they've changed for example you know your the contribution amount you can get into super are changing from the first of July from what they are now a lot of people don't know that so they think it's and they're changing it's more favorable so you can get more money in which is great um, but people don't know that so it's a matter of you know as you said before going to see a professional in the, in the industry um, because even we sometimes we're, we're challenged by it too. So yeah, absolutely. don't feel disheartened if you are as well. It's a bit like, you know, I sort of make the um, analogy of going to see a, a GP. Correct. You know, like you can, you can doctor Google all you want about what, what's wrong with you or whatever, but you really got to go and see an expert at some do. stage to do. find out what's going on. So now that's really good advice, Danny. Is there anything else in the, in the article that you wanted to go through? I know at the end you spoke about a few other topics, uh, yep. not, not about the, um, the yep. cork that we spoke about the earlier, cork. but yeah, some other things that might be advantageous around tax time. Yeah, perfect. So again, the whole point of the article was end of financial year, okay, there are some certain opportunities around super. The one thing, the main reason were your contribution caps. If you've only used, for example, you've got concessional contributions, which are the ones that go into super and you get a tax deduction for them. Yep. So those that are on 37, 45% tax rates, it's a good idea. Now, cash flow permitting, other goals for permitting, this is just a general story here. It's a good idea to maximise your $25,000 because you're only paying 15% tax as opposed to potentially 37, 45. 
The benefit is when you do your tax return, you get a better tax refund. And then the second win is you're actually enhancing your retirement balance moving forward. You've also got your non-concessional contributions, which you've paid tax on because you've received that into your bank account. Um, but you might have sold an investment property. You might have in, you know, received an inheritance. What do I do with this? I've got no debt. I'm in my early to mid-50s. It's a good idea to try and maximise, potentially a good idea to maximise your non-concessional contributions. Another one that um, a recent change to, to the superannuation rules was the downsize of contribution, which effectively means because of the property market in Australia has gone bananas in the last sort of five years to decade, there are a lot of people retired under the old, um, in, in inverted commas, asset-rich, income-poor. So the house they live in might be worth upwards of a million bucks but they've got 100, 150 grand in super between them. They might have a bit, of, you know, a few grand in cash, but they've got this big, lovely million dollar home that for whatever reason is paying, is, is asking them to pay to heat it, pay to light it, pay to cool it, pay to maintain it, probably pay to insure it, all those sort of things. And with the thing with the house you live in, Gab, you can't actually spend the equity in it. It's very hard to. Yeah, exactly. When you, Especially if, once you're retired and you're not earning income and that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And you, so let's pick the retired person, mid-60s, probably an empty nester, three or four-bedroom home, dual living, big block potentially. Do they need that space? The government said, okay, based on that, and this, there's this massive amount of equity. It's something like a trillion dollars in home equity that's untapped in this country. They've brought in a rule called the downsizer contribution, which effectively allows you, as long as you meet certain eligibility, you can sell your house you live in and you say you sell it for a million and you buy another one for 600 grand. You've got $400,000 left over. You can actually make that $400,000 contribution to super, split it between yourself and your spouse, um, and it does not form part of your concessional and, and non-concessional contribution. It's actually an additional amount. So for some, if, say, you know, someone might have sold an investment property or a house before or received an inheritance and they've maxed out their concessional and non-concessional contributions and they downsize a house, they can still get that money in. So potential and, and is for it tax-free, Danny? It is tax-free, yep, So that, say that 400000 in that example you gave, yep. you're not going to pay any tax on that 400000 Because it's your PPR, the, your principal place of residence, there's no tax to be paid on the gain there and it would go into super. So it's a huge win where you've realised all of this liquid money, yep. taxman doesn't know about it, and you're effectively paying your retirement um, with that as well. Yeah, so great. It's a massive, um, massive ad advantage purely because, as I said before, there is so much untapped home equity out there. Yep. These big, lovely houses that are only utilised well, by one or two people. Yeah, so they you used don't to be need for it. the family. Yeah, you know, and uh, and look, it's all great. And there's probably a certain percentage of people, Danny, that don't necessarily want to get rid of the big family home. They want to have all that sentimental space for grandkids value. and whatever and sentimental. But if it isn't, if you aren't in that situation, it's a great idea to sort of have a chat to the financial planners about that as well. Another thing that they did as well um, in the budget, yeah, as I said, it's coming in next year, is they're abolishing the work test. Um, it's got to pass legislation and whatnot. So at the moment, anyone over, the, over a certain age, sort of mid to late 60s, they need to work a 40-hour period in a um, 30 day, 40 hours in a 30-day period. So effectively, you work a full-time week in a month um, if you're over a certain age to be able to get money into superannuation. So the, the, way that, the reason why they're doing that is to prevent, you know, all the tax advantages around it. They realise that, hang on, it's a bit more beneficial, you know, the more, the more money people have in super, the less we pay as age pension, which is effectively what superannuation is, retirement savings provision. They want you to, the, well they, the government, want people to have more money in it because it costs them less age pensions. So they've allowed people to up to around mid 70s now, you don't have to actually work to be able to put money into super, whereas in the past you did. So okay. again, if you, you know, 
a windfall of an inheritance, sold your house, sold an investment, sold some shares. Caravan. Anything. Whatever it is. Yeah. Caravans have you doubled this year come due to across COVID. Some, yeah, 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 you come across some cash. Yeah. Come yeah. across it anyway. They're, they're, what they're trying to do in the last – there's a, a really obvious theme in the last few budgets. It's we're going to reduce restrictions on superannuation, how much you can get in, and also the age of which you're allowed to put money into it, um, which obviously explains the reason, you know, we want more people to have more money in super, so we, we pay less age pension. And for mine, that's great because – a self-funded retiree walks around. And you can just—they're a bit more, you know, a bit more of a pep in their step. They're a bit more, you know, ha- they're not reliant on the government yep. because the age pension can change. Yeah, they absolutely. could reduce it. They could. So, if you can be as self-funded as possible, it's always a good idea. And superannuation as a tax-effective vehicle is a great way to do it. I suppose, Danny, if you look at most, uh, you know, most say full-time workers in Australia throughout their lifetime, they've probably had very little to do with Centrelink or you yep. know, age pension office. Those things you just. If you're a full-time worker for most of your life, you're paying tax and you're yep. whatever. So the idea of getting self-funded is probably the ultimate goal, isn't it? And I know our, our kind of tagline here at the, at the Mulcane Co. office is to assist our clients to achieve financial security, which in a lot of ways is what retirement is. If you can retire and you can still go to the theatre and you can still buy the odd brand new car every now and again or you can still travel uh, once COVID lifts, mate. Once COVID but, um, lifts, yes. Yeah, you, you can sort of... You can sort of, as you say, you're going to have a spring in your step. You're going to be a much happier uh, retiree rather than waiting on what the government's going to hand out to you each each month. So I suppose it's a really good message, actually, for the 20s and 30s. We spoke about early, you know, earlier in the program. If you're sort of in your 20s or 30s, it's a great idea to get stuck into this stuff now. It also might be the time that you're earning a little bit more that you can probably afford to, you know, um, contribute an extra 10 grand to super because you've saved it up and you think, well, if I... If I leave this in the same as you can, I'm just going to burn it, you know, do, doing Getting something. Return, probably. Yeah, and I might every – even if you didn't do it every year, Danny, even if you just did a co-contribution or you did a contribution 100%. every second year or something like that with your tax return, it's a good idea to sort of – good time to start thinking about it, isn't it? Absolutely. So, obviously, it's all, you know, every, every person's different. So, if you're in your mid to late 20s and your goal is I want to buy a house or I want to do something else with all of my surplus cash flow, it wouldn't be the best idea to put, you know, all your surplus into superannuation however it's all within moderation you know you just said before you know government co-contributions so an obvious one is there you know you might have just welcomed a little one into the family one member of the um of the spouse is you know they're not working full time so if they're earning about 38 grand or less you make a thousand dollar contribution to super in june at the end of the financial year and you get the 500 bucks back from the government um there are as you said before um concessional contributions help at tax time so someone might have you know in the mid to late 20s or even early 30s not so much for the um the benefit of increasing their retirement balance but it's a really good tax deduction yeah, for them as well they wouldn't have got that year yeah. Um, yeah they wouldn't have got elsewhere yep yep um so this yeah so today we've spoken about that the cork you know the um the cork uh, yep and that and then we've spoken about co-contributions and lot, there's probably three or four topics there really that we've kind of covered, Danny. So I suppose if you're like me and you're listening, guys, and, and you think, oh, is that me? Is it not me? You know, wh- yep. I'm 43, you know, what can I do? You know, whatever. I suppose the idea is to get an appointment and come in and speak to one of the financial advisors. Absolutely. Yeah. As I said before, every person's different. So we're obviously speaking general today, but... Each person has their own different circumstances, their own different goals, all that sort of stuff. So the worst thing you can do is compare yourself to your mate at the pub or your mate at the footy club because their situation could be completely different to yours, different goals, different objectives, et cetera. So the best thing we can do, you can do is, yeah, make an appointment with 
an advisor here and um, we'll know that exactly what you want to achieve and why. The why is really important because yep. if it is, well, Gav at the pub did it, I want to do it too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to challenge that because yeah. I'm going to, I don't know how passionate you are about that. But yeah. if I know that you're super passionate about something and as a result of that is maximising superannuation is the right strategy for you, then it's a path we'll go down. Um, but even as I said, you know, people have different taxable portions. So a, a cash out recontribution mightn't be overly beneficial for someone who doesn't have a high taxable portion of their fund. So why would you do it? Mm. But, you know, for, some for people, someone else, for someone else, it could save them 102 grand. Yes. Like a birdie, or it could save you 10 grand. So yeah, it's yeah, one of those things. Tax. Or it could save your estate that money, you know, exactly. as you yeah. hand it down. So, so, so absolutely. No, it's great, Danny. Thanks for the info today. I think um, there's always something in these podcasts for everyone. I've always said, Danny, I'm a bit addicted to podcasts now. I know I host this one, but I listen to podcasts every week because I think it's it's great free information. Like there's nothing like yeah, you know, watching a YouTube video to, to yep. find something out or listening to a podcast. So I hope our listeners out there have sort of taken in a bit from today. But Guys, if you're out there and you're listening and you wanted to um, uh, book an appointment, we've got offices in, in five locations with financial planners. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's Danny. Danny's in uh, Ballarat and Geelong. Then we've got um, Ararat, Mildura and the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. So, um, yeah, always make an appointment and, um, and come and see one of the advisors. Danny, I wanted to touch on – I know we're talking about June at the moment, um, but I just wanted to finish up about um, – and sort of add into uh, this idea of uh, we've spoken to Antonia in the past about this, but the personal insurances side of things. And I yep. always I come back to this a bit because I've had a personal in, uh, issue. Uh, I've had a personal um, association with a brother who needed to claim some income protection insurance. Mm-hmm. So I just know that it changed his life when when yep. he had the policy in place and he had the health issue. Uh, he was able to claim. So coming into tax, I suppose, um, income protection, I think, Danny, is tax deductible? It can be. If you own the income protection policy in your own name, your personal name, it is a full tax deduction um, for you. So again, you're getting the added benefit as your income is protected. We protect our house, we protect our contents, we protect our car, which loses money every kilometre it does. Your biggest asset is your ability to earn income. And the younger you are, the more it's worth because the more, the higher the amount of years you've got to work. So why don't we protect our own lives and our ability to earn income? So the one, one benefit is that and the other benefit is the premium is fully tax deductible to you. So coming into financial year, it will help you get that couple of grand tax-free fund that you might want um, when, you do, do, when you do do your tax return um, in the Mulcahy Co offices. And I think too, Danny, we've spoken to Antonia about this in the past and Thane, but income protection is just one of those things that, as you say, if, if you ask 10 people lined up in the room, you know, who drive their car uninsured? And I, I don't think any of them would put their hand Probably up. They'd not. just all say, oh, I'm not going to, no way, because if I smash into a Mercedes Benz, I'm up for 100 grand. But income protection, that's what it is. It's, it's, in, it's protecting the fact that you can earn your income and then potentially giving you uh, paying you away if you do happen to have a, an accident. Uh, mm-hmm. That could be a car accident, Danny. could be a heart attack. could be a stroke. could be any of those things which um, stops you from working and earning that income in the future. The income protection insurance kicks in and starts paying you your old wage in a lot of ways. So yep. and I know there's percentages involved in all that, but um, as you say, you know, if you, people lined up saying who, who would in, you wouldn't get a home loan and owe all this money on a $500,000 house and not insure it every year. So... Correct. Um, we really should be looking at that income protection insurance. And th- as you say, this time of year is a good time to think about it. Um, it is a good time to give yourself what we call a bit of a financial health check. So end of financial year, okay, 
I need to get my ducks in line. I'm going to get my tax refund done um, or I'm preparing to get it done as we've already touched on. Oh, maybe have a look at do, do I have any, you know, surplus money laying around? Are there any superannuation opportunities available to me? Have I just sold something? Have I done that? It's always a good idea as well. Have a look at your statement with super. You've probably got some default insurance um, within them. Um, there's a story for another day as to the value of those insurances, but we'll, we'll, we'll get you back on that, Danny. We'll, we'll, we'll park that. We'll park <laughs> that. But yeah, absolutely. Um, income protection for me is, is also, I think, the most valuable insurance because as we said before, yeah, you know, we use an example of a young tradie with two kids and a mortgage. If he falls off a ladder or she and, you know, they don't have that house protected, they don't have their income protected, but, you know, or even TPD, for example, um, I used an analogy before, the best financial plan, um, you know, superannuation strategies, investment strategies, it could be a beautiful marble tabletop and it could look as grand as anything and your four insurances are your four legs of the table. If one of them breaks, the tabletop also breaks. So it's a massive, massive overall part of your overall financial plan. So it's like it's like the support in underneath. The foundations, absolutely. everything else that you're yep. doing. Like, yep, you're setting yourself up for retirement in your, when you're 60 plus uh, by doing what we're talking about today, but the, protect, the income protection insurance and some of those personal insurances that you can get through the financial planners here, they really are the, the stability underneath, aren't they? 100%. So... Good, good, you know, time of year, end of financial year, while you're getting your tax done, have a look through everything else as yep. well. Yep. Um, because you just don't know. It's one of those things where a lot of people just park this sort of stuff, super insurance, their finances in general. But this is what I mean about end of financial year, providing more than just a tax return opportunity. It's a good opportunity while you're in that financial sort of, you know, frame of mind. Yep. Give yourself a full financial health check. And if you even have one question, you're not 100% certain about anything, you know, reach out to an advisor. Um, I'm pretty confident we'll be able to help you out. Um, it, it reminds me actually, Danny, early days. So I think we're into the 20s of these episodes that we've done yep. uh, for the podcast. But one of the really early ones, one of some of the um, one of the uh, pieces of advice one of the accountants had was you get you get four weeks annual leave a year. Mm-hmm. Use one of your annual leave days per year to look at all your finances. So go and have a meeting with your accountant. Go and have a meeting with your financial planner about um personal insurances or your super or setting things up um if you take it or even ring up your uh, power company ring up your phone you know, organize think about your mobile phone bill what you're paying every month so people just don't think about it and i think people end up paying that loyalty tax really to these companies because you never ever really look at it um yep your home loan you know and it, it, with the, all the rates at doing what they've been doing for the last 18 months with covid um you know you're absolutely mad if you haven't looked at your home loan in that time so Really, I suppose, if you look at tax time as that maybe one day a year that you're going to put aside, go and have some meetings with people, follow them up. Yep, they're going to ask you for a few documents and a few things. It's going to take a little bit of your time. But it's also um, reminds me of one of our um, internal um, things that we run by here, Danny, is that we want to work smarter, not harder. So I think a lot of people, if you work smart with your money and um, get the right people giving you the right advice, it saves you working your butt off down the track because you're sort of backpedaling because you didn't have the insurance in place or something else happened and then you know all of a sudden you're pedaling as hard as you can um to keep up with the bills so um, so i suppose yeah it's it's all about that financial security um which is what we're all about here mate but um that's great that's really good danny good episode thanks for um joining us so we've talked about um what you can do with your superannuation around end of financial year time guys and for the listeners uh Danny's article is a ripper. It's only short. It's probably only 
400 words or so. About that, short, yep. and, short and sweet. Nice, short and sweet. And the Roberta, the 60-year-old lady that's um, um, case study is in there as well. So it's on the news page of our website, molk.com.au. So thanks for joining us, Danny. No worries at all, Gav. I have enjoyed my time here and happy to come back again, sit in the hot seat. I think let's talk about personal insurance next. Yes. I think you might take over from Thane. We might have to give Thane the boot and get you in wow. here. Wow, insurance is a big beast. It's um, There's a lot of it. There's you a lot of an episode it. on each thing. You probably you? could. On you probably could. insurance because, as you said, t- TPD, which is, you know. Um, permanent disablement. Per- permanent disablement. We've got income protection, life and trauma. trauma. Yeah, so. Um, so there's a few to think about as well. But, um, but thanks, guys, for listening, and thank you to Danny Archer. No worries at all. Thank you, Gav. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs, give us a call.